Hi, everybody. This is Alexander Holland from Don't Praise the Machine, and I can't wait to bring you episode number 59. But before I do, I've got a little note for you all. Whilst recording the first few minutes of this episode, I goofed up and I didn't record my end of the conversation. A little bit of tech background for you, the way that we produce the podcast is I record my track in Berlin, John records his track in Melbourne, and then we just stick them on top of each other. But I messed up and I didn't record my end for the first 12 minutes, but we always have a backup recording from the Zoom video chat that we communicate to each other through. So that's what we'll be using for the first 12 minutes of this episode. Not the best quality, but I think you'll get used to it and really enjoy hearing exactly what John's got to say. And then after the 12 minutes, it's right back into that high fidelity sound that Don't Praise the Machine is known for. Without further ado... Episode number 59. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 59. I'm John Maloney, and I appear, as always, with my pod brother, Alexander Holland. Fluffy, fluffy, flaw. This is a very special episode, perhaps the first ever podcast that is broadcast between Berlin, Germany, and Darwin, <laughs> Northern Territory, Australia. <laughs> You'll never, never know if you yeah. never, never go. That's a good podcast app title is See the Never Never Now. For our international guests, when we mm. were growing up in the 90s, the campaign from the Northern Territory Tourist uh, Board to get everybody to go to the Northern Territory, mm. it, just, it, it just said at the end of all the commercials, you'll never, never know if you never, never go. And it was Daryl Summers who was often saying that. Yeah, and it's because the... Northern Territory Outback in particular is referred to and has been since the 19th century as the Never Never. Um, oh, I didn't know is, that. Oh. Yeah, which is quite quite poetic. Um, there's a sort of famous bush poem that, that uh, refers to it in that way. And um, why are you there? You've gone on holiday by mistake? I've gone on holiday by mistake. No, basically I got a call about a week and a half, two weeks ago from a guy named uh, Neville Smith, who's um, Paul Hogan's agent. A lot of people will remember Paul Hogan from uh, Crocodile Dundee. Sure. Um, he's, a, he's a kind of iconic Australian actor who's now not quite as busy as he once was. I mean, you know, basically once he did Crocodile Dundee and the sequels, things slowed down. He got into some trouble uh, with the Australian Taxation Office over unpaid taxes and, you know, so it hasn't all been smooth sailing. Anyway, uh, Neville called me and said, look, uh, Hoag's the big hoagie. He's a fan of the podcast. Uh, he loves it. He became, he became a huge fan during the, this ridiculous lockdown. That's how Neville referred to it. I thought it was justified myself. But anyway. They had, him, they had him listening to the pod. They had him back up repainting the Sydney Harbour Bridge because he <laughs> to, to pay back the Australian taxation <laughs> yeah, office. That's right. They had him back up painting the Harbour Bridge and he used to li loves listening to the cast up there. Yeah. Well, one of the ways, because he's been on 
frosty terms with the Australian government because of this tax issue that's gone on since probably since the 90s. And one of the ways he's sought to make amends is by capitalising on his status as an Australian icon and bringing in a bit of tourist buckaroos to the Australian economy, particularly post-COVID. They're trying to, you know, trying to reinvigorate uh, tourism to Australia. So he said, look, Hoags reckons DPTM, it's as Australian as a can of Forex with a fly in it, and he wants you to he wants you to help out. And he's doing an ad campaign. You might not know this, but people who are fans of Crocodile Dundee will know that a lot of the iconic scenes from that franchise were filmed up in the Northern Territory and particularly in Kakadu uh, National Park, uh, uh, which is which is a famous famous national park here. Um, very, very beautiful. So I said, yeah, what the hell? And, um, well, I said, first thing I said was, what about Al? And he said, well, it's, we don't really have anything in the budget for, for that. So we'll, um, we'll work him into some of the wider shots in post. We said, uh, he he's said, not really, he's not really Aussie enough. <laughs> yeah. He said, we can use, you know, maybe Hugh Jackman or Yahoo Sirius or someone and just. <laughs> Just deep fake him in and post. Uh, and I said, okay, fine. You know, I've never been up to the Northern Territory. So um, I've been up for a week or so now, just came back from a few days in Kakadu. Basically, we we're just blocking some scenes and working on some concept ideas for some merch. There's probably going to be um, a Hotchblag cork hat uh, that you can buy pretty soon Beautiful. at um, pretty soon at, you know, when you go to the airport and you get your, your zinc uh, sunblock and you get your, you get your dryzer bone raincoat and you get your, you know, crocodile back scratcher and your kangaroo scrotum wallet and stuff, uh, your taxidermied cane toad, all of which, by the way, are genuine products I've seen up here in the Northern Territory. Yeah, um, I forgot about the kangaroo scrotum purse. Yeah. So you can get, you'll now soon be able to get your, we hope, DPTM hot schwag kangaroo leather schwag hat. <laughs> um, and I put a, I put a, <laughs> I put a, uh, put out a few flyers as I, I shared a story recently on our Instagram profile, which, um, showed me going up in an airplane doing a DPTM flyer drop, which I don't know. The idea was <laughs> leaflet drop, propaganda, a leaflet, a leaflet drop. Yeah. Um, which I mean, Arnhem Land is one of the least densely populated areas on Earth. So in retrospect, that was probably not a great <laughs> use of our Patreon money. Apologies, <laughs> <laughs> but you never, never know, as they say. So you never, uh, you never, never, you'll never, never cry if you never, never try. You never, never <laughs> try. That's that's been my motto. Uh, so just don't, just don't try. Yeah, it's good. Don't it's it's a, it's pretty. I mean, it's spectacular, Kakadu, and uh, I encourage everyone to get up here. Um, it's very pristine, beautiful, interesting place. Um, I've just been on a croc sightseeing tour this morning uh, through these, through some wetlands. We saw some crocs and some brolgas and some uh, brolgas. Brolgas are like giant river birds. Uh, some, oh. some sea eagles and some roos getting around and all sorts of shit. Would you like me to start off with a tip? 
Yeah. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm lost. What can I do? I need help. Does anyone have any tips? Please, I need advice. Ah. What am I going to do? Oh, Dutchie, what would we do without you? Oh, Dutchie, what would we do without you? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to clean my fridge last week because yeah. it's getting a bit filth in there yeah. and you can't make friends. Onion built up. Yeah. <laughs> I've been using it as an onion chest. So there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of skins and stuff all over the place that are real sharp, <laughs> pungent onion aroma built up because of because of my new refound, my refound passion. Uh, <laughs> have you cleaned the fridge mm. recently or before? Yeah, when I moved house, I've had to do it. And obviously, yeah. obviously, from time to time, I do it, uh, but probably not as often as I should. Yeah. And every, I mean, part of that is because it's a very unpleasant task. Yeah, guys, let's face it; it's an unpleasant <laughs> task. <laughs> this is another guys. Let's face it. So, <laughs> the problem is with cleaning a fridge. One mm. of them is you have to take all the shelves out. Yeah. All the little bits. Some of them are glass. Some of them are plastic. The plastic ones in the door. And they don't fit very neatly in a sink, like your kitchen sink. Normally, yeah. you know, if I have a fork and my fork needs a clean, I just pop it in the sink with a bit of water and it's fine. Sure. It fits right in there, the fork. <laughs> <laughs> I should but- hope so. <laughs> using, using novelty cutlery. <laughs> pitch, yeah, pitchfork, not, not so much, but regular fork, sure. <laughs> Yeah. And so I took out all of the shelves and there was hundreds of them. So I, was, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. There was hundreds of plastic shelves and glass shelves. And so, <laughs> and so uh, I thought these don't fit in my sink. I actually have an extra tiny sink as well because I've got a Berlin apartment. We don't have the same kind of space you do in Australia. Yeah. So I thought, I thought, where have I got a bigger wash space and i thought my shower so i took all of my fridge uh bits and i just popped them in the shower and then i thought i'll just get to those in the morning when i have my <laughs> regular shower yeah. so in the morning i went in there and i started showering myself and then everybody's got a detachable shower head these days so i just took that detachable shower head and I just soaped all the shelves down with a bit of Lynx body gel. Mm. And I took out my body loofer that I would normally use to loof <laughs> myself. Yeah. I just lo- I loofed the entire refrigerator <laughs> in my shower and myself. Yeah. And it's, it was a saved water because I just did one thing. And it came out sparkling clean. <laughs> Lovely. It was so good. Wow. And I just had to... And I just thought as well, if you, I thought I'm going to do this with so much. Mm. Now. So I thought next time I have a big tray. Of, well, next time I have a big tray of, of dirty dishes. Yeah. I'm just going to take the whole tray. Cause I don't have a dishwasher. Right. I'm going to take the whole tray of dishes into the shower and just mm. pop it at my feet. <laughs> I'm just going to hit it with the Radox. Mm. And then I'm going to, and then I'll loof. I'll have a plate in my left hand 
Yeah. And I'll use one loof for my chest and then I'll just pass that loof over to the plate. And I'll just do a whole load of dishes in the shower. And say and it, you take the take it out, and it's all your dishes are sparkly, shiny, clean. And I want to yeah. invite. And as an aside, I want to invite all my Berlin friends over for a dinner party. <laughs> 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 well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like it's I'm sure it's perfectly hygienic, but the optics aren't necessarily great. The optics uh, of of a thirty nine year old man in the shower <laughs> and at the base of the shower are shower uh, refrigerator shelves, yeah, and and not forks and knives and mm. plates, and I'm spraying I, it all down and I'm saving yeah. the environment and I'm saving time. See, my my concern is always with that stuff because I know just what I'm capable of. So I try not to innovate in those kinds of ways because I think this isn't going to end well. Like I'll just go, well, why would I even take the dishes out of the shower? I'll just put them, I'll just put the rack in here. And then once I've, <laughs> once I've dried them or once I've wet them and washed them, I'll just leave them in here. And then whenever I need a plate, I'll just go into my shower and get a plate. And then, and, uh, Put the kitchen table in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I say take it all in the shower. If you've got a dirty old friend, <laughs> take him in the shower. Like the old <laughs> like the old rhyming poem goes, if you got a dirty friend... Take them in the shower if they are heaps, heaps dirty. Leave them in there for an hour. <laughs> Wash them all down till the brown turns clear. Washing a friend with Christmas cheer. It's a Christmas tradition. <laughs> friend the, the, Christmas, the Christmas friend cleanse. Yeah, what I was saying before we... What I was saying before the break is that I'm a little bit concerned about innovating in this way because I... I'm not sure where efficiency ends and laziness begins for me. I used to sometimes look at the dishwasher as a bit of an unnecessary intermediary between yeah. having dishes and using dishes. I, I would think, think to myself, well, in a sense, the dishwasher is just like any other cupboard. And so if I just wash things and then take them out as needed rather than unpacking it in an orderly fashion and putting them back in their rightful place... It makes no real difference, uh, and then you know you can you can refill it on a sort of yeah. ad hoc basis with dirty dishes. Well, I believe I believe that in some parts of Scandinavia, I believe they they build. Mm. I think this is right. Mm-hmm. I think I saw this on Reddit once. Mm-hmm. I think they build kitchen cabinets that essentially function like a dishwasher. Mm, I so think that's right. You imagine that you you would put your dishes, you would rack them yeah. in some sort of device that was just looked like a nice kitchen cabinet yeah and they get a rinse and a dry in there so you never Mm. have to worry about transferring them between the intermediary there you go and so the dishwasher system goes into the cupboard itself or the whole yeah exactly the whole cupboard operates as a dishwasher yeah Mm. and i'm saying why don't we just make the whole house Mm. operate like a dishwasher just have so you close the door yeah and it just fills it with steam. 
like one of those um, high tech public toilets. Ex- yeah. Welcome to Exalu. How would it say? Your maximum use time is ten minutes. Uh, have you ever? Did you ever use one of those? Yeah, I have. It's. Mm. It, I've never. Like taking a shit's never been so much of an event when you're in one of those <laughs> things. Yeah, because if you if you go over time, I think it just involuntarily opens <laughs> opens all the doors or starts and sounds an or alarm. Starts steaming. Yeah, it starts steaming. You've been you've been given fair warning. <laughs> steaming will commence in ten seconds, <laughs> and then it's it always plays um, that um it always plays that song. It's a sort of jump by Van Halen. <laughs> no, it's like a jazz version. In at least this is in Australia. There's there's lots of these Exalu toilets, and they all have this like commanding American. It's a voice exactly like I've just done. It says, "Welcome to Exalu. Your maximum yeah. use time is 15 minutes." And then it goes, "Boom, boom, 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 boom." Oh, that! It's um, Burt Baccarat. Yeah, what the world, what the needs, world now. needs now is loves. And that, that's that's great toilet music. Yeah, thanks, Bert. Yeah, it's he's. I'm sure that's what he had in mind when he wrote it. And uh, <laughs> and and then you give it gives you kind of a contactless. Which back in back when that was a bit more novel, it gave you like a contactless hand washing experience you put your hands under the soap yeah. area and it soaps them up you put them under the water area then you put them under the dryer and um it couldn't give you a completely contactless toileting experience at least if you needed to go number two and i think that's something that yeah uh the electronic toilet industry is still working towards um yeah, well, I'm reaching out to Exalu. We're always looking for. <laughs> we love having we love having relationships with companies here on Don't Praise the Machine. Yeah. And so I'm reaching out to Exalu, mm-hmm. and we're saying, make the whole experience contact. Well, I mean, what it'd have to be a squat toilet like they have in many parts of the world. Yeah, I guess it would. Um, or some sort of give me just give me the option, Exalu. Maybe leave me the bowl and then give me the option of a little hole <laughs> next to the. Or to be honest, because it's an entire room to yourself that's going to get steam clean. Mm. Just do it on the floor, and then it just goes. You have chosen floor, and you can go anywhere on the floor. And then when you walk out, and then when you walk out, there's just. Uh, you know, it it washes it away. It p- a lot of water pressure pushes it away. It's basically like a. There's going to be like a gutter all around. Yeah, all around the floor, and so you can just choose. I may. I would leave my house and pay a dollar just to have that experience. You should wreck up an exolu. <laughs> I'll be like, look. I've, you know, I got that promotion at work. I'm going to treat myself. <laughs> I'm heading down this. I'm going to head down the. I'm going to head down the street to the Exelu. Public colored bucks in. And really, really treat myself. Really fucking push the boat out. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're always talking on the show about getting back. To our primal roots. It's true. And yeah, nothing more primal than that. <laughs> they should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right, though. As long as they're, like, 
treating the whole area as a, as if it were yeah. a flushable toilet bowl. Why not? Yeah. Why why confine it? Why waste time on pleasantries? Yeah. So you and you could and just then you would you'd just be going down there with all your dishes, <laughs> just just a st- <laughs> stack of plates. That that, my, that that is something we could totally experiment with. Is what happens? What happens if you take like a rack of dishes to the XLU <laughs> and you just pay a dollar? <laughs> and you just leave them on the floor. Yeah. Presumably, it, presumably it senses movement, like even slight movement. It knows you're in there. Yeah. So why couldn't you just leave a whole load of dishes in the ex? Just go. Like, Sorry, mate. I'm just cup- got a full load. Of, I had a dinner party last night. I got a few racks here. Yeah, exactly. Just you and your partner holding racks of dirty dishes. <laughs> and then just, and then you know maybe a few pairs of socks or whatever. Just yeah. get it all done. <laughs> Throw a few pairs of socks in and undies and all the all the crockery. Get that shine. Oh look, it was going. Why do you do this? Oh, well, you can't beat that Exolu shine. I don't know if you've ever. We've tried at home. We can't get the Exolu shine. I think it's because it plays music to it. I think it's because it plays music to the cutlery. Plays back bat rack. <laughs> Please book back rack to them. <laughs> they love to shine. Yeah, I just actually ate some crocodile. Oh, yeah, tell everyone about that because I think uh, our, especially our international audience would like to hear about you consuming. You wrote me a very... <laughs> can I say what you wrote me? Yeah, it's sure. very funny. Yeah. You wrote me... I'll see if I can just bring it up. <laughs> you said... You said... Uh, you, you wrote earlier in the night. This is a couple of nights ago. You wrote earlier and said, I'm eating crocodile now. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we were discussing... Like uh, the podcast, yeah. And I was like discussing sending some files back and forth, and I was like, "I'll send, I'll send it in ten minutes." And you were like, "Sweet, cheers, man." And then you wrote, "I'm barfing up all this croc, so no rush." <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I wrote, "That's classic." And then I just did like crocodile emoji, barfing emoji. <laughs> And then, and then, and then you've just written, "I shouldn't have eaten so much dinosaur," <laughs> and that that had me on the floor. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's that's that's what you get. <laughs> that's the um. You shouldn't have eaten so much dinosaur. <laughs> that's the strange thing. Like, I mean, it's such a weird. Uh, one of the things that that I enjoy about Australia is that we have these kinds of animals that. You know, like you can be in in sort of inner suburban Melbourne and it's just like any other city, but then you get on a plane for a few hours and suddenly you can be in an area where you're like, like this morning, I was like, wow, if I sort of put my hand in the water right now, then there's a pretty good chance because yeah. there's, there's thousands of crocodiles in that river system. And we saw in the space of a two hour trip, we saw six or seven. So you think like, wow. there's a fair chance if I dangled my hand in, then that'd be the end of me, you know, like, um, and then the fact that you're, you go to a restaurant 
which is in many respects like any other restaurant. But then you're like, uh, like the other night I was eating popcorn crocodile. I was like, this is so weird that this thing, <laughs> this thing is like At KFC, like a modern KFC day. Darwin. Yeah, exactly. It was like a, you know, it's like a drunk snack, but it's you know you're essentially eating a very finely evolved uh, d- dinosaur that has been around for hundreds of millions of years. They say, does it taste like chicken? It's That's a white meat. It, it white tastes. Meat? It tastes like um, like a kind of cross between squid and chicken because it's got a little bit of wow. It's got a little bit because these are saltwater crocodiles you're eating, and they've got a little bit of you know, sort of spongy sea creature quality to them, but then a bit of a chickeny taste as well. I quite like it actually. Wow. And then tonight I had um we had we all had sort of native uh Australian influenced cuisines and I had uh crocodile wrapped in beetle leaf with a bit of chili on it. Kind of a little Man. Yeah, crocodile in a wrap. And then somebody someone else had buffalo, which is an introduced species, but it's been it's in the Northern Territory in large numbers. So they had buffalo ceviche. We all had a bit of oh, barramundi, classic Australian uh, delicious fish. The barra, yeah. So I'm really getting I'm really getting into it. But by far my favourite is is the croc because I just love the fact that I'm eating this ancient gigantic lizard that uh, in in living form could could absolutely kill me another fun fact about crocodiles they've got a they've got the strongest bite i think in the animal kingdom it's about the equivalent of four um four wheel drives coming down on your arm if one oh, of them bites my. you on the arm but uh if you beat them to the punch then they're quite a tasty snack <laughs> um <laughs> If you just if you just hop up if you just hop up on them and hold them, just yeah, them, you, they don't they don't they actually don't. And this is true. They don't have much uh, mouth opening force. So once their mouth is open, you're in trouble. But if you can just hold it shut, then you're yeah. okay. You can and start you can probably just you can start basting them while they're still alive. If you just hop on top <laughs> of them with a little paint with a little paintbrush and a little dish of yeah, well, one of those little paint, garlic. one of those little. Yeah, exactly. I like to just get up on them with a mortar and pestle and just kind of <laughs> just grind start, a bit start of fresh tomato on the top o- of them. The other ingredients of the meal while you sat on them. <laughs> <laughs> just su- and, and, um, just sous chefing up there, using them, using their kind of hard upper carapace as a bit of a cutting board. I like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give a little spiel about spiel about Darwin to get people up there? I mean, yeah, they're get from Europe. They've got to go there. down. Australians get up there. Uh, everyone from uh, my part of the world, my hemisphere, get down there. Yeah. Just a real quick one too. I'd like to give a shout out to 
Mixed whips, if you uh, are in the market for a uh, seven and a half foot, just your standard, you know, you want to do some cattle mustering, whatever you want a uh, kangaroo leather whip, uh, get yourself down to mixed whips. He's um, probably the territory and arguably Australia's finest producer of premium whips and uh, accessories. He's got Crocodile Dundee hats for sale. He's got uh, crocodile leather belts and he's got uh, kangaroo leather whips. And uh, shout out to my friend Rob, who's traveling with me. He bought one of the whips and we spent uh, some of yesterday fucking up our rotator cuffs trying to get the whip to crack uh, with with some success. Beautiful. Mix whips. Nothing cracks like a mix. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> mixed whips. Nothing cracks like a mix. <laughs> there is nothing like a mix. Yeah, sorry. Something I'm going to say, John, is I noticed recently spending all my time on YouTube that I do. I've been on YouTube since it really kicked off in the like mid noughties. I reckon I, I remember showing YouTube to people in like 2006, 2007 and saying, look at this. Everything is on here. All the television shows that you had as a child are on here. All the mm-hmm. cartoon intros. So I've been on there a long time and I've noticed the rise of clickbait titles and clickbait thumbnails. But for the longest time, that seemed mm-hmm. to be just for like trash content, celebrity trash content. Yeah. And I kind of understood that it was just for drama channels or people that were trying to get cheap views, vloggers. And I kind of understood that. And then suddenly I noticed that all the clickbait language and the clickbait thumbnails (laughs) are now creeping into much more mainstream channels. So, I Mm. mean, one of them is slightly fringe these days but you know it's 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 meant to be a legitimate news channel is russell Mm -hmm. brand's channel and he Uh has freely admitted on his channel i've seen him say he's like we have to do this because it's the only way Mm. that we get that we can grow the channel he's just like it just seems it just seems that what has happened is that people have stopped resisting the the clickbait nature the click the necessity of clickbait titles and thumbnails on youtube and everybody's yeah. just gone all in. And there's another really uh, professional uh, news channel that I look at, which is called Breaking Points. And they do real, right. real highbrow political news reporting. And they've, they're a new channel, though. They're two presenters that came from traditional media and they've started their own YouTube brand. And their stuff right. is like hard clickbait titles. And you can yeah. I- you can identify it because they use really emotive language, really emotive mm. verbs in often in um, capitals. So mm. Russell Brand does mm. this. Breaking points. That's interesting. Does this. When I saw it, just sorry. yeah, go. I was going to ask. Well, have you noticed this? I have. When I saw it, in because I've um, I think I followed Russell on Instagram for a bit, and when I saw his examples, I thought initially I thought he was being kind of self-referentially funny or like just kind of just taking the piss out of those kinds of titles because it's not really when you when you click on those things it's not really the tone of it doesn't really match up with how he's presented that at all and it's like but you know it's kind of the classic sort of just sort of mock outrage or it'll be like weirdly 
kind of tantalizing but not give you any information in yeah, that in the nature you, of like what you've one weird trick what you've described there john is what is called i looked this up it's called uh the curiosity gap the curiosity gap ah. is something huh. in psychology that's well established it's where you give enough information to make a person curious but not enough to mm-hmm. satisfy that curiosity mm-hmm there you go. Curiosity gap. We should employ more of this. And so saying something like, yeah, we should. Uh, so saying something like, this one weird trick has dermatologists exactly. furious. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, there's a really good YouTube channel that I like called Veritasium, and they use the classic example, nine out of ten Americans are completely wrong about this mind-blowing fact. <laughs> There you go. Or, blah, blah, blah. You won't believe what happened next. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone wants to everyone wants to have the scoop. Yeah, everyone wants to understand. So I thought what I'd do is I actually made a list of the most mm. highly emotional clickbait <laughs> verbs that I could find. And I thought I'd just reel mm-hmm. them off. So these mm-hmm. are what you'll find in YouTube titles uh, to get people to click. These are classic in your your culture war news sites now. Use all mm. of these, uh, even though mm-hmm. you think, isn't this a legitimate news source? And then suddenly you're going <laughs> to see, I'll read them out. Okay, so we have <clears throat> apologizes, confesses, mm. exposed, uh, attacked, yeah. attacks, mm. reacts, reveals, defends. Mm. This is all just meant to be lighting up Mm. your nervous system. Destroyed, takes down, obliterates, (laughs) blames, tortures, rejected, in big trouble for, cancelled for, chickens out of, defends, betrays, melts down, resigns, accused, Ends career. That one was uh, popping up after Will Smith slapped uh, <laughs> Chris career. Rock. Will Smith ends wow. career at Oscars. I can assure you he has not. <laughs> He'll be fine. Cries, <laughs> quits, awful, threatens, slanders, embarrasses, storms off, blames, claps back. It's a little bit hip for you. Loses it, admits, or uh, this one is sort of a bit left to it, unprecedented. Uh, what's... Claps back about. Claps back is reacts too. It's a, you, oh. you, would, you would know it as rebuttal. Yeah, I see. Yeah. that's We should start um, calling it that because frequently in court that you do the primary submissions, then you do a response, then you do a reply. Yeah. But they should rename that the clap back. You should say, uh, you're, just Your Honour, I'd like to clap back. Yeah, I want to clap back at that uh, with, some, with some facts. and th- No yeah. cap. No cap. Uh, yeah, language such as then you have also you have big YouTubers like Russell Brand, and they'll have mm. YouTube titles like "I made a huge mistake" or <laughs> the YouTube the video we called "I quit" or "I'm so sorry" <laughs> or "This is the end" or "I need to confess," and then a really wow. emotive looking thumbnail of them with their face and looking extremely emotive, and it's all oversaturated. It's so- it's weird. I mean, is there some kind of algorithmic explanation for why that's working? Because it, it's so the people it works. Are, it works because it yeah. psychologically works on us. So what's happening yeah. is that people who make YouTube videos have worked out that these titles and thumbnails are what get people to click on the video. The more people that click on the video, yeah. the more it gets recommended. The more time it gets recommended, the more people click on it. So essentially, what's happening is creators have worked out that this works. Even though they might be 
ideologically opposed to it as Russell Brand would. Yeah, or I would say or breaking points. I think I don't really mm. think they would want to be using it, but they just they know that it works. So everybody's just given up. Mm. So I don't know if this mm. is the future where we all have to live in a reality where anything that you read anywhere is eventually this will just creep into everything. So it'll just, everything mm. will be so and so roasts or destroy. <laughs> the BBC will just be saying. You know, mm. so somebody has roasted and destroyed and cancelled and torched and yeah, betrayed, clapped me- back, meltdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll just the yeah. BBC will turn to the Daily Mail. I mean, it's fair enough if you if that's what's actually happened, or if that's what they're even yeah. if that's what you're saying happened. But it's weird that somebody like Russell Brand, who purports to produce this kind of calm, nuanced content, nonetheless thinks that it's necessary. Even with his fan base, who probably like that kind of content, uh, to give you this kind of really out of step, sort of alarmist yes. guff in the headline, and then you click on it, and it's like, here's a sort of here's me just like musing in my Russell Brand esque way about this <laughs> quite, situation, quite calmly sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. You'd feel like it's weird. a kind of, it should be a boy who cried wolf situation where you'd be like, you've done this to me too many times. You've misled me too many yeah. times. Fuck you. But everybody just, just understands now that this is the accepted language on the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And your, your brain, your reptilian brain can't handle, can't help but go, oh, maybe this is the one where Russell Brand's going <laughs> to exactly. maybe this is going to really quit. Maybe he's really going to quit. Yeah. This is a, maybe this is the last video. I thought we could use some of these in your um, just for everybody out there who doesn't know. John comes up with the episode titles each week of our podcast. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe you could say mm. John this week. John destroys Al. Al. <laughs> Al chickens out and is can and and melts down. This week, John ends career. <laughs> with th- with threat and embarrasses himself and storms <laughs> off. Yeah, that may that may actually. I hope one day that we'll make an episode that warrants those kinds of descriptions. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 59 of Don't Praise the Machine. It's been such a special episode featuring John Maloney, high in the top end of Australia. I'm talking about Northern Territory and Darwin. Get up there. Get down there. It's a great old place to be. See you in the NT. Thank you so much. John Maloney, what do you want to say to say goodbye to everybody on Don't Praise the Machine this week, pal? Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. And I'm sorry to have gone on a little bit long for Jacinta, who's I'm not so happy at the in the corner of the room. She's looking forward to going to bed. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time for episode. That's right, everybody. It's episode number six zero. We can't wait to see you then, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast, and we'll see you next week at the podcast.